Well, today I'm so excited to be joined by, to me, one of the most inspiring stories that I've heard in a really long time because you guys, we're not, you're not the only one if you're listening to this um, that have had issues running into, you know, something with addiction or something with a huge challenge in your life or something that's held you back and not allowed you to set you free. And I love bringing people in, whether it's my podcast or my spotlight or whatever it is that I'm doing or running or hosting with people who have inspirational stories, stories that we can relate to. And definitely where we can pick out a nugget two or 10 that can help <laughs> us and our audience and our people um, have some big major takeaways. So I cannot do that alone today. I am so grateful and thankful that Matt Miller from Arizona, is an Arizonian. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> came here to join us today. Matt, thank you so much for being here. Thanks Lisa for having me, I'm honored. Oh, you betcha. Yeah. You betcha. Yeah. Your story inspired me. You know, we're meeting for the oh, first time. I don't, I mean, not, we've spoke before, but I haven't, you know, met Matt. This, your story inspired me to say, I need his number. I want to talk oh. to that person. And well, um, I'm excited. So let's dive into it. Tell us your yeah. story. Yeah. Well, again, thank you. And uh, that is my hope. And that's why I do a lot of what I do is hopefully somebody will hear my story and and grab a nugget and take away and be inspired to do something different, whether it be, you know, whether in my case, addiction or, uh, you know, business sense or family issues or whatnot. So I'm hoping, hoping maybe my story will inspire somebody, but yeah, I mean, in a quick nutshell, my story really revolves around recovery from alcoholism and, uh, becoming an ultra runner. And they kind of tied in at the same time, uh, two years ago, I got sober uh, and, uh, yeah, two years in a month. I mean, it's, you might be able to see the, uh, chips in the background, Love it. Know, but, uh, yeah, that coincided, uh, with just a complete life change, uh, and a, and a reawakening of my life. I call it a second coming, if you will. And in that I became a runner and it, people laugh that, yeah, I traded one addiction for another, but it's really, uh, not that, you know, in my sense, it's just a way to, uh, have an outlet in order to, you know, express myself and be able to attract other people into this new lifestyle that I've found. And what happened two years and a month ago? How do you go from being an alcoholic to making a conscious decision to go enough's enough. I'm going to try it a different way. Where's that yeah. transition? Yeah. It's really about being sick of being tired and tired of being sick. You know, uh, alcoholism is a, is a, a wicked disease. It's, it's a progressive disease. So you go from being in high school and it's fun and everybody's doing kegger parties, right? And that's all fun, your 20s and 30s. And then it just becomes a, a, a degenerative, depressive disease. And, you know, at some point in your life, things get so bad, you're finally willing to say it out loud that I need help. I can't do it anymore. I can't live this life. It's killing me. Um, and when you say it out loud, it's such a freeing experience. I mean, it's absolutely one of the things it's it's a rebirth is what it is. And uh, I was lucky enough to have a friend from high school who was sober. Uh, she still is that saw that in me um, and said one word to me. She said I was broken and had the guts mm -hmm. to tell me that. And I actually listened. And so, you know, it was a culmination of things in my life. My mother had passed away. My son and I's relationship wasn't very good, uh, but it was finally I'd had enough. And I think where people come to a bottom uh, and they're willing to recognize that that's that's when, uh, you know, the, the lightning strikes and you finally want to get help and get change. So you got help and got changed on your own or you went to AA and felt like you needed a good support system behind you? Uh, I did. I went to AA and I still did. Uh, I still do actually. 
Um, I am probably one of the non-anonymous people in AA. <laughs> you know, AA obviously stands for Alcoholics Anonymous. Anonymous, uh, right. Right, uh, which I respect for people that are in it, but uh, I'm here in this, I believe, chosen in this uh, role to let people know and, and kind of take away, rip away the stigma of it. You know, yeah. it, it's a progressive disease. I didn't choose this at 15 years old, you know, when I took my first drink secretly. Uh, it just caught up with me and it's no ill of character it's just a disease that slowly takes over you. So yeah, AA is a great program. It's free. That's the best part of it. Um, you know, I sat in the church parking lot in the rain uh, before my first meeting and I got in and out of my truck half a dozen times because I was afraid. It's that fear of doing something that's unknown uh, that, you know, I, I was uh, afraid of being uh, typecast as an alcoholic or as a loser or whatnot. So you know, that program has literally saved my life. And now that I'm in it, thousands of people I've come across, it's saved their lives. It's just an incredible thing. I have a list of people who, too, either I've coached or friends or family members who've been through it and just said that it was a godsend. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just so grateful for those organizations. And the fact that you told me today that it's free. It's yeah. free to go. I mean, I'm thinking to myself, yeah. that is amazing. Well, you pay two bucks once in a while, but you get free coffee and sometimes cake and cookies. But oh, yeah. <laughs> there's perks. It there is. It perks. is. Lots of, lots of so, perks on our birthdays. I love it. I love it. So let me ask you this. You know, did you run in in the past two years to like, no. oh, I want to take a drink. I want to sip. Is oh, there any? Yeah. yeah. And how do you how do you get your mindset to be greater, stronger and bigger than the drink that is like, come on, Matt, one sip, dude. Remember us? Yeah, you can do oh, this. Man. I won't so tell. Every morning I wake up and first thing I do is I thank God that I'm not uh, hung over again. Uh, but right. every day for me is a struggle. I mean, I walk by a, a liquor store or I'm at a friend's house or there's a party. And it's, uh, I don't know if you've read the book from David Goggins. It's in the back there. Uh, Can't hurt me. He yes, talks indeed. About, he talks about callousing our minds. And so, you know, not only making our hands calloused when we're, uh, you know, in construction or whatnot, but our minds. Yeah. And so the more uh, time I get being sober and the more I'm in the program and I learn about it, I'm, I'm toughening or callousing my mind to, uh, to keep that urge and that feeling away. But yeah, it's there. It's, it's, uh, they call it cunning, cunning, baffling and powerful. This disease is sitting on my shoulder every day. And every time I think about it, man, those were good times, weren't they? And then the other one says, yeah, but you almost lost your life, right? And you lost your house and you lost your business and all that, whatever you might've lost. So yeah, you, you have to callous your mind, just like you do in running, just like in business, just like in anything else, you have to become strong. I was just going to say, you just gave us such a nugget. Everyone is always looking for the secret sauce, the magic, the, the right. it factor. What do we exactly need to do so that we can beat out the distraction or the negative talk or the what draws us in and wastes our time? And for people, a lot of the people listening to this are sales. So mm -hmm. salespeople, what, what he's trying to say is basically the more you practice your craft, you learn and get more confident about your tools and you're doing it day in, day out. You're doing your prospecting over and over and over and over again. It, you're building the callus. Right. What a what great it, way to say that. Yeah, I'm a salesman as well. And so, you know, what's what's hardest? It's that first cold call. Well, after you do a dozen a day, the 13th is not that hard. Right. So Good you've point. calloused your mind, you've calloused your uh, approach and, and, and it just becomes easier. And so day by day, 
it gets a little bit easier and I'm not going to lie. I mean, there's some times that I think, man, you know, on holidays are tough and, but yeah, you just have to, uh, I, I work at it and that's why I go to meetings. It's my, I call it my insulin, right? Yes. So every, every meeting I go to is my shot of insulin that I can survive until the next meeting or my next day. So yeah, you, in this program, you have to take it seriously or it's not worth even doing at all. So. Right. I agree with that. Part of your story that really captivated me was that how you went from pretty much probably being a slug, right? You know, if you're mm -hmm. hungover, you're not moving in any time <laughs> fast, right? Yeah. To get out there and be a marathon runner for crying out loud. Where Talk to me about that transition and your early on running to me sounds like shin splints are painful or I don't know if I could do this, you know, because it's, an, it's just incredible that doing that taking that on in your life at that point give us a little color about that yeah well i wish it was only shin splints it was more like vomiting uh, <laughs> <laughs> so literally day three of sobriety and if you've been sober or haven't been sober and got sober you know you have the shakes you have the dts yes. you're not feeling well uh you're crawling out of your own skin and uh i grabbed an old pair of shoes that i cleaned my garage with some old asics and i i ran around the block one mile is all I could do. And I got sick, you know, physically sick. And, uh, but the rush that came with it, you know, it was that adrenaline and endorphin rush that, that came with it somewhat mimicked a little bit of the alcohol, uh, rush. And, uh, and I just kept pushing at it, you know, a mile and a half, two miles, three miles. And it just felt good. It kept my mind clear. I was able to think, um, especially during this time of having a lot of time on your hands. Cause you go from being hungover till nine or 10 o'clock in the morning, working for six or seven hours and then back to drinking all night. So, wow. you know, all of a sudden now you've got a, you got a 16 hour day ahead of you. What do you do? Right. Um, you got a whole life there. You do. You do. And so it, the transition was pretty easy. The running, uh, the physical part of it, you know, I lost almost 30 pounds in the first three months just from running. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I took that seriously. Like I did uh, my sobriety and I, I kind of, tied them together in terms of, um, of, you know, uh, my process. So, you know, when I got into the program, people talked about one day at a time. Well, my whole theory on running was one step at a time. You know, if I can run a mile, I can run two miles. If I can be sober one day, I can be sober two days. And so it really had a lot of union and you'll find in the ultra world, there's a lot of us out there that had not just alcohol, but drugs, maybe eating disorders, maybe sexual disorders, lots of Lots of things that people work out on hundred mile runs. Right. That's why it's inspiring because regardless of what the addiction is, it's that it exists. And mm -hmm. so people who are listening or know people know that they have something too. And so the fact that yeah. you, I mean, I, I, it's funny how people say like, you went from one addiction to another. To me, it's call it whatever you want. Look at me running. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. I'd, right. I'd love if I was addicted to running, which I'm not, but I <laughs> wish I was, geez, yeah. that'd be amazing, you know, <laughs> to be addicted to clean eating or drinking water or having these healthy things. Sometimes they say like, it's not even good to do that. Well, it, yeah. it's good to take good care of yourself and make better, healthier choices, you know? Oh, it is. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't, I don't consider it. I'm transferring an addiction because I'm not addicted to running. I can stop at any time. Right. Yeah. And it's, and it's not controlling my life in an adverse way. I don't, I'm not at work going, God, I got to get home to run, you know, where I was at work going, God, I get home. I got to get home to drink. Right. Right. Yeah, so right. there's that. Right. Yes. So if something's controlling your life, whether it be alcohol, drugs, eating, um, you know, um, extramarital affairs, whatever it might be, 
that is consuming your mind, you've got to somehow break away from that. You yeah. do. And that's where I think people do struggle. And then they are, they are a little bit, you know, hiding it or how do we start or whatever. And we're going to dive into that today. Cause I want to hear some tactical things as well. Yeah. We'll get later mm -hmm. on in, in our interview, but I wanted to ask yeah. you, what's the most you've ran? Like what marathons have you done? That's been your ultimate goal. <laughs> well, I started out a month after being sober, I ran a half marathon. So 13.1. Nice. Right. And then two months after that, I ran a 26.2. So a full marathon within three months of being sober. Wow. Uh, and, and I thought, that's it. Uh, you know, that's as far as a human being can go. And then I moved to our lovely state of Arizona. And guess what? It's the uh, trail running capital of the world. Almost. Yeah. There's a lot of it out here, as you know, in Prescott and, uh -huh. and out here. And, uh, and I ran my first 30 miler. And then I Ooh. ran a 50 miler. And then Whoa. I ran a 60 miler. And then I ran 100. No. And then just in this last, uh, this last October, I ran the Moab 240. It's a 240 mile, uh, four day event. I only got 167 miles, took me 77 hours, but so, you know, I got two thirds of the way there, but going from zero or one mile to that, I felt pretty accomplished in that. So. Wow. Yeah. Now I'm so unbelievable. That is unbelievable. I'm yeah, telling you. They're incredible. getting longer and longer. <laughs> Just incredible. And could you have ever pictured yourself? I mean, step no. back before sobriety have run no. 167 miles. No, no. And, and so people in my meetings, you know, uh, we talked about it. You see old timers with 30 years of sobriety and people yeah. with 30 days. And when I had 30 days, I was like, man, you got 30 years. And he's, they would look at me and go, son, 30 days is more incredible because you got one day after another, after another. And people say, well, how do you run 167 miles? I go, well, if I can stay sober one day and you can run one mile, you know, I ask them, can you run a mile? Then you can run 167. It's just one mile after the next. And it's the same thing with anything in life is, is you got to break it down into manageable chunks. If, you, if I look at my life now and go, well, I got 30 years to go be so sober. Uh, it'll never happen. You know, I'm overwhelmed with the enormity of it. If I look yeah. at a race, it's 200 miles. I think, oh, there's no way. my butt. But if I look at it one mile at a time, it's easier to process and you can get it done. Same with if you have sales calls during the week and you've got it, you go, I got to do 40 this week or whatever. And you can, you can uh, manage them in smaller size chunks and make those little goals as opposed to the enormity of it. It, it changes. You took changes. the words right out of my mouth. I was just going to say that, that this is what mm -hmm. happens with salespeople as they'll say, I need 50 more new orders this month. I need 50. I'm missing my goal. Mm -hmm. You know, that is so such a monstrosity. Mm -hmm. So when you say like, let me just start by making a few calls today and a few calls tomorrow and do build it up. That was exactly mm -hmm. such a good point. I'm glad that you related yeah. it to in the sales. Cause this is where people struggle. It's like, wow, I want to be in the top, you know, 2% in the nation, but I need to be at, you know, 4 million a year. It's like, no, just yeah. increment, you know, one, one deal at a time, you know? And, uh, yeah. Um, and another barrier is the, you know, the thing we uh, struggle with and as salespeople and perfectionists and type A personalities and alcoholics is, is trying to be perfect in everything. You got, you have to have 50 new sales and man, they got to be all be perfect and they all got to go perfect. You know, we subscribe to, uh, uh, progress versus uh, perfection, you know? So just progress towards a goal. It doesn't have to be perfect because a lot of what holds us back is this fear of, I don't even want to start because it's not going to be perfect and I'm not going to get there. So I'm not even going to try the first step. And so, uh, you know, like my sobriety, I, I, I try to progress towards a goal and like my running, 
I just try to get to the start line. If I can get to the start line and I can be on that start line with people, I've progressed a ton. It's not perfect. I didn't make it all the way. I only made 167 miles, but you know, I, you know, I, I, tried at it. I would be dead yeah. as a doornail, Matt. Nah, you'd make it. You're just fine. <laughs> That's incredible. Let me ask you this. What do you feel has been your biggest lesson over these past two years? What's your biggest takeaway? Uh, I, I would just say, um, you know, don't try to overthink and make things happen forcefully. Let the universe, if you just, if you just put it out there that you want something in the universe, I know it sounds a little zinish, but if you just put it out there that, you know, you want something to happen and positive things will happen to you to, I, I think too much. I focus and a lot of people focus on trying to rearrange the play that's on the stage of life. And we're trying to move the characters instead of just being a part of it and let it play out. And, and what's going to come is what's going to come. You know, uh, if, if we try to manipulate it and we try to, it, when we get resentful because things didn't go our way or our expectations weren't met, we had the wrong expectations. We shouldn't be resentful. Let, let the world play out and, great things will come to you. I mean, I've, I've learned that in the last two years. You just, if you, if you think, oh boy, things aren't going my way. If you just allow them to happen, all amazing things happen. I totally yeah. agree. So I don't think the yeah. universe comment was off. That's coach says yeah. that all the time, right? Yeah. Like let it unfold, you know, yeah. it's all in divine order. You can't control it if you tried. So just let it go. I love that You yeah. said that put it out yeah. to the universe, those words of affirmation, that journaling, that talking it out loud, having your intention. And I like how you say, don't do the overthinking or those negative right. thoughts, which 85% of our thoughts per day, they say national average is negative. It is 95% of them are repetitive, you know, which gives you like a no way out in this whole thing. So, yeah, so if you've got something in mind, say it out loud, say it to another human being. And then once it's in the universe, it's going to happen. Let's say you want to lose some weight. I mean, or you want to do anything, say it, it's out there. It's going to happen. You know, you want to be in this uh, sales club or you want this account to go your way. Think it, say it, feel it. It's going to happen to you. You know, agree. Um, Agreed. Yeah. Now, you know, a big part of what your story struck me as well was that the person who introduced me to you was like, this guy mm -hmm. is so fearless. Your <laughs> fearlessness is captivating. Like, mm -hmm. I feel there's a lot of people who are in our world and in our business that mm -hmm. really fears the driver. Tell me where you get your fearlessness from. Well, I mean, it's, I recognized quickly after getting sober that my fears were rooted on in uh, a lot of my shortcomings and, you know, uh, character defects, you know, God has given us for lack of a better term, uh, fear for good reason, right? We're fear of the dark because he doesn't want us to go out there and get eaten by animals. We're fear of, uh, insecurity because he doesn't want us to leave from a tribe. So we don't get eaten by animals. So a lot of these biological fears manifest in our personalities now and they're unreasonable. And so, and we give too much credence to them. So once you recognize where that fear is based in, you know, I'm, I'm afraid to go into that sales call because I'm a fear of failure, right? What, is, what are you really afraid of? Are you afraid of somebody rejecting you or not feeling worthy or something like that? And once you can, I think, recognize your fears and then find power and strength from them. You know, I, I, I get a little bit of a juice when I get fear, like I was afraid of heights until my girlfriend had me do a via ferrata, which is a cable on the side of a hill. And if you force yourself to, to confront your fears and you learn how to take that energy that used to 
give you anxiousness and uh, discomfort and turn that into giving you kind of a, a little rush and uh, an excitement, then you can, any fear you have, you look at it as, uh, you know, uh, uh, an opportunity to, to be better into and enjoy it, you know? So it's just changing your perspective of that fear, in my opinion. Yeah. I like that. I like, I like how you face your fears, you know, how is it going down the side of the mountain? It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it did for a long time for about the first two hours. And then, and then I could finally look down without it being blurry, but you know, it's, it's biological in, in a lot of us, those fears. And, and it's not easy just to all of a sudden go, well, I'm a fear of afraid of heights and I'm not going to be afraid. I mean, you got to work at it. You know, I'm, you know, a lot of fear comes from, you know, let's say fear of intimacy, right? And you got to work at that. You know, there's a lot of things in our characters <laughs> that are defects that we grew up with having and we, we, we guarded them. And we did with alcohol, some of us. Um, and then when that's stripped away, you've got to face them and you've got to face those fears every day. And you just, you've got to change the way you look at a fear and how it makes you feel uncomfortable. You got to change that emotion. And once you do, then it it's just opens up the world. You're not afraid of anything anymore. And you're just honest. And if you live honestly, you'll never have to look over your shoulder. You don't have to be afraid of what you said before because you were honest about it. It's just an incredibly freeing experience. You're absolutely right about that. You're absolutely mm -hmm. right. Um, I do want you to include today some tactical tips to get started in making changes in your life. Right now, there's somebody listening who's like, man, I want to be two years, I want to be him right now, you know, two years in advance, but I'm, I'm prior to day one. So yeah. help, help a brother or sister out. How do we <clears throat> practical tips to get started today in changing your life? Yeah. Wow. Uh, you know, it's always that first step. Um, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, parables about you know the first step of a ladder or the first step of the stairway you can't see the rest of the stairs but just take the first one right so you know a lot of people say well how, how do you train for these races well you know I do a lot of running uh, but the hardest step is the one getting out of bed and so the longest distance in my any of my runs is the distance from my bedroom to the front door you know it's 15 feet but that's the hardest 15 feet of the 10 miles I'm going to run every day wow. and so you have to, you have to not have those excuses. Once you can overcome that little bit of the excuses in your head, cause you have them on your shoulder. Don't do it. It's hurt. It's raining. It's dark. It's cold. You didn't eat well. You don't feel well. Uh, all those are going to be right on this shoulder. And the other one's got to be stronger and louder saying, just do it. Make that first step and everything after that will just uh, lay itself out. So you, you got to take a first step and you got to be committed to it. And you got to, quiet that noise, you know, cause you're going to have that background noise on your shoulder. That's just going to relentlessly tell you, you can't do it because of this. You're out of shape. You're overweight. You're not athletic, you know, whatever it is, you know, and same with business, you know, you're not smart enough. You didn't go to the right schools. Uh, you know, there's somebody better than you. This guy's smarter. You got to just stop that noise and be committed to taking a step every day to get there. So let me ask you, when then that noise gets loud, so mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you kind of are falling off the wagon. Maybe you didn't get mm -hmm. up to put on the running shoes, or you fell down, or you're bummed out, or you're just your mindset's not right because maybe the noise did win. How mm -hmm. do you get back in the saddle? Yeah, you just gotta you gotta just overcome it. I mean, it, it's not easy because I've a lot of times gone back to bed or I've quit on runs or you know 
said that, you know, oh, my leg hurts and I'm just going to only run a mile instead of 10 today. Uh, you can't beat yourself up too much because it's going to win sometimes because it's always there and it's always yelling at you. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to win. You just have to know uh, to, you know, not take it personally that these things are in your head all the time and you're going to have setbacks. Hopefully they're not too bad and you start drinking again in my case, but um, that you, you just have to, you have to learn to be stronger than them, I guess. Um, and, and just not be so bummed out about you quit completely, you know, you know, I'm on a strict diet before a race and sometimes I get bummed out and I'll walk to CVS and get a pint of ice cream and eat the whole dang thing. I feel bad the next day, but then I, okay, I'm just going to do something a little bit more in my training to overcome that, you know? So I, I love that. Cause it, it reminds me of, I tell people all the time you every day, it's all about choices. You have choices mm -hmm. every, you have a choice to pick up that alcoholic beverage. You have a choice. Mm -hmm. You know, um, every day we have choices and you have a choice to listen to that rundown laundry list of negative noise that is just blasting in your ear and turning up the octave and just loud, loud, loud versus it's like the angel, you know, on the mm -hmm. other side saying, hold on a second, we have a goal and our goal is bigger and greater than the bullshit on the shoulder on the other side. Right. Absolutely. And we want to, we're going to win and we're going to beat this. And so the only way to beat it is to get up and do it. And I just feel like every day you have a choice and the sum of the majority of choices that are good and healthy for you are good to get you in the direction of your goals is what wins. I like how you are saying though, give yourself grace. If you ate the pint of ice cream or you came <laughs> off and do nine more miles. The reality is it's not, we're not striving for perfection. We're uh, striving progress. for progress. Right. Yeah. And so when you get that, when you have progress, to me, you're in the fast lane. To me, you're in the lane where you're going to win and take home the, go the medal, you know, on this thing. So Absolutely. I love that you said that. Um, so to wrap up, because uh, I know you got to get back to probably running, but nah. I, <laughs> I want to say this. In life, uh, what do you know for sure, Matt? Oh, what do I know for sure? Um, you know, I know for sure today I'm not going to drink if I work at it, right? Uh, yeah. I know that I'm finally honest with myself and the world and good things will come of it, you know, and I, and I'm, I know that, uh, my fears, uh, sometimes aren't based in reality, that there's something I created as a kid or I created as a young adult and I'm going to fight those things to the day I die, but I just know that they're out there and, uh, you know, I, I'm living the absolute best second life that I could have ever imagined because of this recovery and because of I found running and because I'm putting it out in the universe and I meet people like you, I meet people like authors of books uh, and I'm in this running community and healthy community and just, it's just, you put it out there. You want to be positive. You want to have a great life. It happens to you. If you don't, uh, you know, there's ways to get there. So. I That's love that so much. It gave me the chills. I love it so much. Thank you so much for being on today, sharing your words of wisdom. Congratulations to you on taking Thanks. the first step, changing mm -hmm. your life. You've had extreme abundance coming in, especially even a love of your life has come in the past two years, which you mentioned on our call. So congratulations about that. That really makes yeah. my heart happy. See how the universe just unfolds perfectly when you, you work at I yep, love you. Just, you just ask and it will happen. Just ask and it will happen. Love that. Thank you so much. Thanks, Lisa. Bye. Bye.